The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Well, 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 welcome to a fine how do you do. Yes, it is a Thursday night. Short show on WTMJ Nights, but a lot to jam in, so let's get to it. You want to get involved? 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk text line. Old National Bank, get old. When you call in, you'll be talking to Matt. He's producing the big shindig tonight. And if you want to text, let's start with our text question of the night. Oh, my gosh, it is mid-December. What is your favorite Christmas TV special? I'm not talking Christmas movie. I'm talking old school Christmas specials, uh, and I'll tell you why I'm asking this because I I had a an unbelievable experience at school. But I will start with mine. Mine mine is by far the OG Grinch that stole Christmas. The old Bar- Boris Karloff voiced cartoon Doctor Seuss is how the Grinch stole Christmas. That is my favorite. Followed up very very closely by the Rankin-Bass classic, A Year Without a Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus? A Year Without a Santa Claus. Because it features um, it features Heat Miser and his brother, Snow Miser. Um, so those are, my, those are my top two, no doubt about it. And the reason, the reason I was thinking of this is because I, I'm teaching P.E. now for a while, and we were playing uh, some holiday games this week, and one of the holiday games was Miser Tag. And uh, Matt, I don't know if you've ever played Miser Tag. It's fantastic. Um, You start with two red yarn balls and two blue yarn balls, and those are the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser. And the Snow Miser chases all the kids, and when the when you tag them, you freeze, and you freeze like a Christmas tree, or you freeze like a snowman. Uh, I'd throw in a yarmulke because of it is uh, because it's Hanukkah as well. So the kids were freezing, and then Heat Miser runs around, and he can defro- he or she can defrost all the kids that are frozen. So I start to explain this to all the kids at school from kindergarten all the way through fifth grade, and out of the few hundred kids in the school, I think only five understood or had seen A Year Without a Santa Claus. So I, it made me a little sad inside, and I was, I, then I asked some other people, some people who were in their 30s and early 40s, and I said, have you ever seen, I made a reference, and I said, have you ever seen this? And they both looked at me like I was crazy, like I had made it up, like it wasn't even a thing, but it is a thing. So... Uh, I was like, well, I can't be the only one who's seen this, but I want to hear what other people enjoy too. Um, lovely, I don't know what that. <laughs> I don't know what that text is. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a weird recipe. But uh, I'm wondering again. The text question of the night at eight five five six one six one six twenty. Your favorite Christmas holiday special. The TV, the TV version. Matt, do you watch any of those old uh, TV shows at Christmas time, or are you just strictly a new movie, or you you don't watch any Christmas themed programming unless it has sports in it? Oh, there you go. A Charlie Brown Christmas, the ultimate old time holiday TV special. 
Charlie Brown Christmas is always on the Mount Rushmore of Christmas TV specials. Charlie Brown Christmas, and there's a you'll be able to watch it for free this weekend because as if you've tried to find the Charlie Brown specials or the Peanut specials, they're all on uh, Apple. Um, so you can't or Prime one of them. No, I think it's Apple, but you can't watch them for free anymore. And the, and CBS doesn't run them like they used to. I miss um, those days. It used to be like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we get the Thanksgiving. The Tuesday before Halloween, we get the Great Pumpkin. We get the same at Christmas. It marked the time. It was it was a big deal when it, those specials back in the day before everybody had cable and everything else. It was appointment viewing for kids during this time of year. And you're right. Before Halloween, it was the Great Pumpkin. Then it was Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. And then a a couple more got added here and there. But then this time of year, you got uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. You got uh, the Little Drummer Boy, which a lot of people found creepy, uh, myself included. But I did enjoy the Little Drummer Boy. Um, Year Without a Santa Claus, The Grinch. And you'd be... I mean, this was back in the day when you had to, uh, you know, you'd look through the TV guide and stuff. I know, Matt, this is a, a whole thing where you're like, oh, here he goes again. Get out the, uh, it's the Metamucil. Swell. It's very old. old Give him the school. one, too. Uh, but it was, it was fun. Um, the greatest holiday special, which you can't find anywhere except, except grainy copies on YouTube, was John Denver and the Muppets. That from the 414. Oh, yeah. John Denver, John Denver and the Muppets. I, I enjoyed it. It was never one of my. It was never one of my top, top faves. But I did think it was. Uh, I did think it was a good one. So, are you going to be watching a Charlie Brown Christmas this year? Do you, Do you have a uh, some sort of family tradition around it, Matt? The first night that we're all, and this it'll be different this year. But the past few years, it was the first night that we were all home for the holidays so it was about right. this time of year because final exams are wrapping up for colleges across the country but it'll be interesting because you know there's not that break so it'll be the first night we're all together i don't know when that's going to be but that's nice. uh, but it'll happen and then uh the second big one is after christmas and that's the kennedy center honors on the 27th oh talk about an all-time tradition wow you guys are classy that's very nice watching the Kennedy Centers. Do you all get do you get all dressed up? We don't get all dressed up, but uh it depends on the good uh class. And this year we have a good class. Uh only one opera singer. So uh, <laughs> that is fantastic. That's always good news when there's only one opera singer. And we got the Bee Gees for the finale, so it should be a good show. Is that right? Yes. Okay. We got to make not... predictions on what the ultimate finale is going to be. We'll do that yeah, later. We got plenty of time. Left. But uh yeah, we'll see if Barry Gibbs up there dancing next to uh, uh, Joe and Jill Biden. It's always a good think, time. Do you think he's going to do uh, bring his brothers up via uh, like uh, holograms? Like They've done they some crazy Tupac? things in the past. All right, because the Eagles I, had I, a similar I, issue. I would like to have. I would like to have seen the Bee Gees, but now it's you know, it's just poor Barry up there by himself. Well, the Eagles did it because they deferred their honoree because Glenn Fry was sick. Okay. He passed between that year and the next year, and that's when they accepted the award. I don't remember what they did to honor Glenn, but 
they did some high tech shebang that made his presence felt. All right. Well, we'll see. That that'll be interesting. Well, those are good. Uh, those are good TV viewing Christmas traditions. I like that. Two six two says I loved Frosty the Snowman in my youth and had the uh, the hots for Karen when I was uh, a similar age. Wow, look at that. Uh, oh, there's. Yep, we got uh, somebody sending in you, Corden Cornelius from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. That's with Hermie. Hermie, a little. Uh, Hermie, an odd little duck. Is uh, as a dentist. Here we go. This is uh, this is one. I don't know if it was ever big in the Milwaukee area, but Hard Rock Coco and Joe and Susie Snowflake, those were on. Um, they were on the Garfield Goose Show, which was an old morning show, uh, but that that originated out of WGN. I don't know if people uh, in Milwaukee would have been able to see that or not. Another vote for the Grinch. All right. We'll take your votes throughout the show. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Your favorite Christmas television special. Matt, I was waiting to talk to you about this. We must talk about Basketball Gate. Uh, is it the right ball? Is it the wrong ball? We'll get into it. Giannis, very, very suspicious of what happened last night. We'll get to that and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. It turns to snow in his clutch. He's too much. Yes, that is from A Year Without a Santa Claus. Of course, his brother, Heat Miser, coming up in a little bit. We're Our text question of the night, we'll take your responses throughout the show. What is your favorite holiday TV special? It could Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's not a Christmas special, but... Uh, if it is, 855-616-1620. Uh, before we get into Basketball Gate, the 920 says, My vote is Charlie Brown Christmas, siding with Matt. Uh, family tradition also included Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Res- Red-Nosed Reindeer, all three cartoon specials. I-, I loved all those specials, and they would run them all. Uh, there's one that we watch now, and this is very, uh, very strange. It's, um, it's called A Wish for Wings That Work. And it's um, it it was based on Opus and uh, oh, it was a it's a cartoon, a crazy cat named Opus, and um, and it's this penguin, and the penguin it's Bill the cat. Okay, so Bill the cat is in there, and he hangs out with Opus, and Opus is the penguin, and so Opus wants to be able to fly. And he sees the he sees the geese and the ducks, they're all flying, and Opus wants to fly. And so, long story short, he sends a letter to Santa Claus. And uh, the thing we like the most about this special, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, other than to say that Opus loses his butt many times. His butt just drops right off his body. And for some reason, uh, my wife, my grown daughter, and myself laugh like idiots every Christmas because we watch a little penguin in a red bow tie running up a hill and his butt falling off. So there's another <laughs> there's another uh, Christmas holiday special. But you have, here's the thing. That one you have to watch on YouTube because it's not it's it's nowhere to be found anywhere else. So we just uh, 
airplay it on the thing. All right, Matt, I know you have thoughts on this. Uh, people, Giannis especially, very suspect about if if he got the game ball last night. Now, here's a little background. Last night, Giannis scored 64 points, setting a new record for single-game scoring for the Bucks. It was a career high for him. Um, as I said, most points scored in a single game. Very exciting. Uh, the game was a little chippy between the Pacers and the Bucks through the whole thing. There was an incident in the fourth quarter where Aaron Nesmith uh, threw Giannis to the ground, and then he and Bobby Portis got into a thing. It was unbelievable. Well, then it comes time for the game to end, and Giannis, having set a record and a career best, wanted the game ball. And he thought that the Pacers had run off with the ball. So he got into a little uh, he got into a little beef with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Then he runs to the Pacers locker room. He comes back without a basketball, has a few more words with Halliburton, and then leaves. Now Indiana's coach says, uh, "No, no, no. We didn't. We have the ball because one of our rookies scored their first points." Now, that guy had already scored in the in-season tournament, so that's load of BS. Some people are saying maybe it's because the Bucks beat them uh, pretty soundly. But the Bucks say, no, 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 don't worry. We had the ball the whole time. We have the game ball that Giannis scored his points with, and we gave it to Giannis, and Giannis is a little suspicious. Matt, I love a good conspiracy theory. I think in order to try to diffuse any beef between the Bucks and the Pacers, the Bucks are like, oh, we got to do something. So they gave Giannis, they gave Giannis another ball. What do you think? I would get on board with that. Obviously, either Oscar Shibway of the Indiana Pacers or Giannis has an inauthentic game ball. Right. But in this situation, first off, if you're a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks or a fan of the Indiana Pacers, this rivalry is the 2020s version of Pistons Bulls in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it's getting I am real pumped. chippy. These two teams are going to see each other twice over the next couple of weeks on New Year's Day and on January 3rd. Make that appointment television. We talked about that earlier on in the show about Christmas specials. Yeah, This yeah. is going to be a New Year's Day special and then a post-New Year's Day extravaganza. Because especially after this, these two teams do not like each other. And what happened yesterday just elevated it a whole ton more. Yeah, it's uh, it was wild yesterday. And I don't I I didn't see the game. I'm not sure what what precipitated well, uh, Nesmith throwing Giannis to that, the ground. That specific play, there was a flagrant called. It was a dirty play. The right call on the floor was made. And right. obviously when your star gets thrown to the ground like that, that can cause injury. Players, especially Bobby Portis, are going to take exception to it. Portis got his second second technical, as he deserved, got right. ejected. That was due course. The biggest thing that I had an issue with, with this game that caused the chippiness and the whole extravaganza at the end of the game, is that the Indiana Pacers need to realize what type of basketball team they are. They are a team that can sprint up and down the floor, Score at will and score fast. And the reason why Coach Adrian Griffin put Giannis and Damian Lillard amongst the other starters back in the lineup late in the game 
after Giannis had his curtain call, after Damian Lillard had his curtain call, because keep in mind, in my opinion, if Giannis didn't get the game ball, Damian Lillard should have gotten it for moving up to fifth on the NBA all-time three points made list, passing Kyle Korver. Oh, that makes sense. But given the situation, Indiana was traveling 115 to 131. They cut it down to a 10-point game with two minutes left. That's when Coach Griffin called the timeout and put everybody back in. Right. The Pacers should be taking that as a compliment. Even though the starters then ran all over them. (laughs) In a very emphatic fashion, Giannis with an exclamation. It it was a fantastic finish for the Bucs. And also, Giannis got injured during the final stretch of that game after he got put in again. So it's a risk and reward for both sides. And if I'm the Pacers, like I said, you, you shouldn't be insulted by that. You take that as a compliment because Coach Griffin was concerned enough to put his A team back in. Yeah, against your basketball. Yeah, you weren't getting team. run over by the uh, by the second, you know, exactly the second string. Yeah, it was. It's just uh, it's just rough. So we'll never. I guess we'll never know. Who's got the uh, Who's got the real ball? If anybody's got the real game ball, we'll have to see you know. on uh, January first. That would be an interesting. The head to head right now is two to one in favor of Indiana. What they should really? do is on the third, when these two teams play for the last time in the regular season, the winner of the head to head should get the game ball, and then that there respective player gets it. Obviously, I. Don't think that for real because Giannis or Damian Lillard should get it. I'm sorry, Oscar Shibway. I know this was significant, but but was it any other night? He, it's significant. If you look at his backstory, he's count? he's been through a lot. His backstory is significant, but also he played at Kentucky under Coach Calipari. Like, and also I hate to say it, his style of play doesn't fit in the NBA. That's why he went undrafted after winning Player of the Year. There's right. a lot to unpack here, but. You could you scored your first official points in the NBA on the wrong night. It just so happened that this happened. Yeah, and, and, and that's just bad luck. I don't luck. care what team you're on. If you're if you're setting records, that outweighs pretty much anything else. It's not in the same area code as right. scoring your first points. And unfortunately, basketball is not like any other sport. In hockey, you can still get the puck after your first goal. In baseball, you can get the right. ball. In football, you can get the game ball because there's about twenty of them. Exactly. Basketball is just not that way. Basketball, yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting New Year's, as you said. Uh, a couple more votes coming in for your favorite Christmas special: Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I've seen that. It is it is unusual. It's from Jim Henson, uh, and um, another Rudolph bringing back broken toys from the abominable snowman. Uh, all of that. All right, let's do this. Then it's, oh my goodness, it's already news time on WTMJ Nights. Hi, it's Brian Newton. This is WTMJ Nights. Glad you're here. Uh, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk text line. Our text question of the night is, what is your favorite Christmas TV special? Favorite Christmas TV special. All right, uh, I my daughter was in sports when she was young. Um, then she moved into marching band, kind of the same thing because there are parents involved in going to competitions. Uh, but this happened in West Bend the other night, a father punched his son's eighth grade basketball coach over playing time, according to the West Bend police. 
Oh, man. When are parents going to learn that they cannot live through their children's athletic endeavors anymore? My thought about this guy is he's a frustrated athlete. He thinks his kid is the greatest on the team and that his kid should be playing all the time. Now, I'm just reading that into the fact that he punched an eighth-grade coach. Um, If you've witnessed some bad parental behavior or maybe you've been guilty of it, I'd like to hear from you, 855-616-1620, because we talk about this stuff. A lot of times it's football. uh, Sometimes it's baseball. Now we've got basketball. I don't hear of it as much, and and I don't, you know, don't at me. Well, you can if you want. I won't pay attention to it. But uh, I don't hear you don't hear about this as much in girls' sports, like middle school girl volleyball. Uh, you don't get moms taking a swing at the coach. Uh, you don't get dads punching out a uh, girls' water polo coach in high school. It seems like frustrated dads who really wanted to be an athlete and maybe they were maybe they you know maybe they played in high school maybe college um i'm guessing if you get to the pro ranks you don't really care if your kid can play uh and if they are playing you you realize that just let the coach will figure it out um but this happened according to a video that the district gave to the journal sentinel A man was seen punching another man before two others intervened. A 60-year-old man approached and punched the 62-year-old coach. Wow. Uh, The man was immediately taken into custody, placed in jail on charges of battery to a school employee and disorderly conduct. Um, According to the district superintendent, this event was witnessed by the Badger team, the visiting team, and spectators. It is incidents like this that ruin the experience for students and fans and make it difficult for schools to find coaches or officials for athletics. Um, School staff will respond to incidents should they occur, and referrals may be made to the West Bend Police Department, which they were. Uh, Attending events is a privilege that can and will be revoked. What is it anymore that makes us think that it's okay to attack a coach? Never. It's always it's always these people who are screaming things from the screaming things from the stand. It's eighth grade. The coach. This is eighth grade. Yeah. What is grade. this game? And now we only know what we know. I'm sorry to this father. If your kid played one less minute, he's not going to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. He's not going to get his full ride play to Marquette. For the Milwaukee Bucks, like, if he is going to play for the Bucks, that couple minutes isn't going to matter no. in the long run. And you know what you just did? He could have been on Coach Shaka Smart's list right now as an eighth grader. Yep. Shaka Smart reads this story. Your kid's going to yeah, be lucky if gone. he plays college basketball because no high school coach is going to want to deal with you. No college coach is going to want to deal with you. Nobody's going to want to deal with you. Stay out of it. If you can't handle it, don't come to the games. I've heard stories of parents that can't control themselves, and they just don't show up. And I respect them for that because they know what they can handle. I, for a short time, and I'm not, uh, I'm ashamed of this, actually, but uh, there was a point where my daughter was, and this was, this was uh, middle school, not even, yeah, middle school softball, um, maybe even a little younger, where I would be, I'd be, not arguing with the coaches or the officials, but I'd be yelling stuff to her. That's fine. About 
how well it's the way it wasn't it was too much so i started sitting further away so i could see the game but i wasn't going to to interfere because i realized i was being a jerk to her she's you know you're supposed to listen to the coach and i wasn't undermining the coach but i was adding extra stuff and i was like okay i can't um i gotta i'm just gonna sit and enjoy it also but, the other thing is your kid's in eighth grade yeah it would be worse if this was a younger level but also and i learned this in sixth grade <laughs> if you're not getting the playing time you want you're not getting the part you want in the musical whatever it is if you're not getting the role that you want you go up to the coach and talk about it yourself you're in middle school you're going to be in high school right. next year you need to figure this out yourself and the second that your parent steps in that's a, an issue because the parents need to be reserved for severe issues and this doesn't even come in the same neighborhood as severe no and i tell you i'll be honest i coached uh i coached AYSO soccer and stuff. And if a kid asked me, "Hey, how come I'm not playing?" or "What what can I do?" which is a better question, "What can I do to get more time?" You're right. A coach will tell you. And then that coach is also going to look at this kid and go, "All right, let's see if they if they put in that extra exactly. effort, then those are the kids who are going to get that break. Exactly. They're going to get they're going to be the ones that you call in in a tight situation. And really, I, now eighth grade is probably different, but in a lot of those sports, everybody has to play. So the kid is playing. Somebody texted that it was a uh, maybe a grandfather, not even a parent based on the age. No, the report is it was his father. doesn't matter and, uh, who it is. You know, a 60-year-old man could have, could have a, uh, what's eighth grade, 12? Yeah, but it... Oh, maybe it doesn't matter that. what relative it is. Yeah. This could not even be a relative. This could be a friend. Right. It could just you're still affiliated with the athlete. Yeah, somebody who has a little history. It just it's it's always those guys. But do you agree? Do you, do we hear that, Matt? You cover a lot of high school sports. Do you hear any of these uh, problems with girls' sports? Not really. Even so, I broadcast. It's college sport. But oh, I thought you did some high school football. Oh, I do high school. I know you too. do no, no, no. college. My point sports, was, no. I do high school. I do college. But my whole thing was deferring women's sport from men's sport or boys' sport from girls' sport at the high school level. Is you don't tend to see this a lot in female athletics, even no. at the college level. And these games are competitive. Some of these players who I broadcast for. Could be in contention for the WNBA down the line. Do you remember the scandal last year for the women at the women's NCAA final when there was just somebody just did the uh, was it the money sign or the choke sign? Oh, Angel um, Reese. It was yeah. It was LSU versus yep, Iowa, Iowa, right? Caitlin Clark versus Angel okay. Reese. The two of them went at it. Not but the, there was no fight. There was there was just a like a little a choke sign, right? Yeah, and that escalated because oh my they took exception. But also, you tend not to see that. But also, we saw that when it got to the highest level last year in the women's final four, that it can get interesting. But also, you look at that specific example between Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Both of them are going to be drafted this year into the WNBA. Now, and both of them came out and said yeah, it was not a big deal. Exactly, but both that's, of them. Everybody tried to make it such a huge. Story well, that was just to add on. That was beef. to add on to drama, but it's right. still to capture your point. Comparing comparing the men's and women's sport, you see this a lot more on the 
men's side or the boys' side, high school and below. Yeah, it's uh, and I think that is that is a reflection on the fathers and the frustration because some guys, it's a bad some example. guys can't, huh? It's a bad example that you're setting for your athletes. It, it's a horrible example, and everybody else. And it's it looks it doesn't. It doesn't help your kid at all in the long run. It it makes you look like a complete. Well, you can add your adjective here, but uh, it's just it's that weird male psyche that we are all blessed and cursed with. That uh, if you had any inkling or any interest in sports, suddenly you know best. You could sit just because you watch football every week and maybe played in high school doesn't mean you know how to run a team. It means exactly. that you enjoy watching football. You can have it, your opinions. You can think, oh, and using this week's example, oh, I think the Packers could have done X, Y, Z, and A better. Right. But you're not going up to Green Bay and talking and yeah, you're doing not, other you're not things to Matt LaFleur. And if you're, if you're at your eighth grade son's basketball game and you don't think he's getting enough time, you could ask your son after the game, "Hey, um, you know, how do you feel about about the time you're getting?" Well, I want some more. Okay, well, why don't you go talk to the coach and see what he has to say? Exactly. That's that's the move for you know a father not to walk out there and punch the coach. All right, listen, we're from punching the coach to a little happier entertainmenty kind of news. Uh, there is a new teaser trailer out for a remake or, or a. A sequel, I should say, to a movie I didn't think we needed, but maybe we do. We'll talk about that and a big TV finale coming up. A lot to get to in a short amount of time. It's WTMJ Nights. To rejoin music, that means we're getting close to the end of the program. We are here, then it's Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio on the other side of the news. Uh, I don't know if you are a fan of Eddie Murphy's uh, portrayal of Axel Foley. In the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy, Beverly Hills Cop 1, fantastic. Made Eddie Murphy a huge, huge star. Beverly Hills Cop 2, mm-mm. Brigitte Nielsen, okay. Uh, Gun Claw, right? It was, it was okay, not as good. Uh, got to see a little more of Billy, Judge Reinhold's character, which was uh, fun. They made him a little quirky. I enjoyed that. Beverly Hills Cop 3, boo. Forget about it. It was awful. Even Eddie Murphy even Eddie Murphy hated it, uh, and he was in it. So then there were talks about a fourth for years. Oh, we're going to have a fourth one. It's going to be great. We're going to bring Eddie Murphy. And, and the talks kept stalling and stalling and stalling. Well, guess what, friends? Eddie Murphy is back. Today, Netflix dropped a teaser trailer for Beverly Hills Cop, colon, Axel Foley. And uh, there's... Some of the old faces are in here. Judge Reinhold's in it. Paul Reiser's in it. Uh, John Ashton is in it. But then there are new people in it as well. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levin and Kevin Bacon and Taylor Page, who I'm not familiar with, but they made a big point of saying, oh, Taylor Page. Um, oh, that's Axel Foley's criminal defense attorney daughter. So somehow it, I'm sure it will become clear how Axel Foley had a daughter who became a criminal defense attorney but uh that is that so it's exciting if you uh you look for the trailer if you have netflix i'm sure they'll be running it the only issue is that it's not coming out until um next summer 
but they're getting everybody jazzed up for it now. And judging by the trailer, it's gonna. I'm I'm gonna take a look. It looks the trailer looks pretty good. Now I know it's easy to make trailers look good. I have a feeling though, with all these people coming back and the new the new people add being added to the cast are good actors. Kevin Bacon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, those are top notch, uh, top notch actors. It's gonna be good, and I doubt Eddie Murphy would sign on. Although he does have a, a million kids. Maybe he just needs the money. But I doubt it. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's good news. Have you ever seen Beverly Hills Cop, Matt? I have not. Oh, my goodness. All right, put it on the list. It's a fun... It actually starts with a Christmas tree scene, so you could make it a holiday movie. They, and you could start a new... You could start another big, uh, another big debate. Is Beverly Hills Cop a Christmas movie? Uh, oh, wait. No. Check that. I think I'm wrong. I think it's cigarettes. Maybe it's not. Anyway, either way, uh, you should see Beverly Hills Cop. It's really, really funny. And it's, it still holds up. I watched it a couple weeks ago. I was flipping around late at night, and it was on. I was like, oh, let me check this out. And, yeah, it still works. It still works. So uh, Beverly Hills Cop coming out. I did watch Eddie Murphy's new Christmas movie, uh, Candy Cane Lane. On uh, It's on Netflix as well. We watched it last weekend. I I have a kind of mixed review on it. If you're interested in new Christmas movies and you like Eddie Murphy, and uh, it just uh, it started out and it's it's kind of the kind of a movie that you've seen before. There's a uh, the dad has some trouble, and then there's a big. This is a block that does historic decorating and this year they're going to be covered by the local cable access channel and there is a prize and so the dad is set on winning this prize the dad being eddie murphy and he's competing against all his neighbors or who are over the top with their decorations and then it takes a weird twist and kind of a weird twist that gets at times a little dark and i was like oh i this is fun because it's it's weird and it's unexpected and um, Tracy Ellis Ross, who started in Blackish, plays his wife, and she's always really good. And uh, it was so it's worth a watch if you want it. I was here's the only thing I was surprised. It was two hours, um, which normally for a movie now is very short. But I was like, oh, this probably could have been a a ninety or a hundred minute movie, and it still would have been as good. So if you're looking for something new. And you're tired if you want to take a break from all your classics. Not a bad way to spend a little time, and it's uh, it's definitely, definitely family friendly. So you could check that out. Um, Axel F trailer gives no hints about what the movie is about, except for he's still on the streets. I'll see Taylor Swift's movie and Beyonce before I see Axel F. Yeah, because Axel F doesn't come out for till next summer. So. You know. Yes, it's uh, the full. Tra this is a teaser trailer, the Axel F uh, trailer that came out today. Just a teaser trailer, not supposed to be the whole uh, the whole enchilada. All right, real quick because I know I can't be the only one here tonight that is a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, Matt, have you ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? Anything with Larry David, I love. All right, uh, as you know, then Matt. It always takes a long time for Larry David to decide if he's coming back 
for another season of Curb Your, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, it was announced Monday that, yes, Curb Your Enthusiasm will come back for its 12th season. This will be the final season, and it will begin February 4th, 10 episodes. So he is coming back. Larry is coming back to wrap everything up. He said, um, he said, I will now have the opportunity to finally shed this Larry David persona and become the person God intended me to be, the thoughtful, kind, caring, considerate human being I was until I got derailed by portraying this malignant character. Uh, it is, if you haven't seen Curb Your Enthusiasm and you have a decent sense of humor, you gotta, you gotta watch it. All right, listen, I will be back with you Monday night. Have a fantastic weekend. Brewers Weekly is up next. Matt, thanks for all your help. Have a great night, everybody. News is next on WTMJ.